rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life. And with their new organic line comes the following exciting flavors. Georgia peach, blueberry acai, cucumber watermelon, mango clementine, pineapple mint, strawberry coconut. Ah! Roar Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just 2 grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.land code REFEREERANT. Episode 12, The Rant, softball, flag football, frisbee, and hoops with Board 119 and SABL's very own John Papa. He sits down with The Rant to discuss the sports that he officiates, his long, illustrious career as a basketball official, his experience doing other other things, and his status as SABL assigner. That and much more now. I'm with my man, my main man, the quadruple OG. Certified in boys basketball, may or may not be certified in flag football, kickball, ultimate frisbee, flag football. What else do you do? Cricket? Maybe cricket? Who no, knows? No, no cricket. <laughs> but the main thing that I know him from near and dear to my heart is he is the South Asian Basketball League assigner. I'm with John Papa. What's going on, my man? Rafi boy, how you doing? I'm Thank excellent. you for having me, man. Thank you for having me. This is uh, it's a nice opportunity. So really quickly, I met John in the summer of 2017, specifically in July. And these are, well, I'm, I'm a luminary in Island Garden. And there's these specific weekends where there's no basketball being played. But there is this one Indian tournament where they shut it down and it seems like a flea market. There's tables, there's bread, there's confectionaries, there's drinks, Absolutely. there's a DJ. There's a priest, there's trophies, and it's this big Indian tournament, which is such a tight-knit community, especially when it comes to basketball. And we talked about that in Cash's episode. And that day, I felt like I worked 16 days, and the rest is history. I've been working with John. I've been one of his uh, stable workhorses for the latter part of three years now. So I just wanted to talk about your journey. Um, how did you start getting into basketball? Did you play when you were a kid? I played a little bit. Um, I was probably uh, the second part of the bench, <laughs> so okay. I didn't get many minutes, but I played, and I, I got a couple of layups and shots and stuff, and I had a lot of fun. Uh, I was definitely the cheerleader of the uh, of the uh, team, and I got the sportsmanship award, and that was very, the trophy was bigger than me almost, so that, that was very nice. I didn't play a lot, but I was the heart of the team, and I'll never forget when they called my name and they brought this huge trophy out. I was like, oh, okay. Bench warmer of the year, but at least you got a trophy. You, you know? still have it? No. Well, I, don't I, I always like to say that my career high was 55. Yeah. Believe it or not, in my mind. Oh. <laughs> and of course, on the layup lines, I always would try to steal the ball because that was pretty much all the action I was going to get. Yeah. And even if I did go in the game, I'm not really good with refs. Right, I'd yeah. get two quick fouls, and then that's it. I'm back on the bench where I belonged. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So I... um. I played a little bit of uh, basketball, and you asked the question on how did I get in, involved and how did I start to ref. Well, I saw an ad in, like, the paper, like the Daily News. What year was this? Uh, 97. Okay. 97. I started late. I mean, uh, I started late. But um, 
I enjoyed it, and uh, when I could tell you so many stories. But I uh, began refing CYO, uh, then I got picked up the Catholic uh, League and the uh, PSAL, Public League, and the private. So I was rocking and rolling, and uh, I, I enjoyed it. I still do it now. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. But I have to tell you a story. This is something that all refs need to know, and that is... Do the best you can, blow the whistle, and treat every player as if, hey, this might be their Super Bowl, especially if they don't get a lot of playing. you got to make the calls in these leagues. Um, and the reason why I say that is because then you get it all ruffled and scruffled and it becomes... Uh, Technical foul time? Yeah. And I don't throw tees. I, I don't throw tees either. I, I don't. And it's just that, would you just relax and play? I don't get off, off the subject. On you're how really not summer. getting off subject. Yeah. And, and while you're at that, so me and John obviously serve uh, SABL, and I'm, and I'm very honored to do so. However, sometimes after my game, which I think I do a really good job, because <clears throat> some of these players really get at me. And I'm just trying to defend myself. I, I, I don't think that I'm trying to embarrass them. I'm not cursing at them. And sometimes John reprimands me. Now, I don't know if it's coming from him or from Cash or Ahmad or whoever, but I do appreciate because, at the very least, I still rain it down. I'll yeah. tone it down for a little bit, but I just want to let John know while he's here, I don't provoke anything. I'm not here to provoke. Right. If they come at me, I just match their energy. Nothing more, nothing less. Right. And that's the energy that they give me. Yeah, but I'm the same as you. I don't. I don't really like giving out technicals. I like to. Yeah, I like this, to work with it a little. But you have more of the grace. You have more of the cadre, if you will, with the players because of just your emeritus status when it comes to the SABL. Yeah, I, 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 I give respect. So I kind of like when I get respect back, and I think that's what it's all about. Um, I hear the players and not this league and all the leagues sometimes. You know, when you do your high school games, you can't talk to the kids, you know. So it's uh, doing rec leagues and, and, and pickup games and things like that. You're always going to have uh, some type of dealing with confrontation or disagreement. But the main thing is just to, to, to try not to talk too much to these people because I, do, I talk the most. <laughs> and... They just want you to do your game. They just want you to be on point. I think we do that. And we get new refs coming in here. We have three new guys coming in here. We have a couple of referees in the Indian community and the uh, Muslim community that come out and uh, are starting to do games for us. And and I'm sure you'll interview a couple of uh, uh, Sandy or you could do Sharon. She's a scorekeeper and she's certified in Board 41. Funny story about her is she was refereeing a guy that's my boss's friend who happened to be in my his my boss's office the day before she ref. So it's a very uh, close-knit community. Everybody's uh, trying to do the right thing and make the right calls. So, mm-hmm. you know. so since you have alumni status with the South, Ace Bas- South Asian Basketball League, how did you even get involved with it? Oh, so it's, a, it's a great story. It's a long story. We have a long time. Podcasters... Yeah. However long you want. Well, I have a lot of stories, but I'll, I'll tell you where it started. And it started with a uh, a wonderful guy, and I'll try to get you an interview with him, Brandon Cruz. Brandon Cruz is, uh, I would say, mid-30s. 
And last year, Brandon Cruz, right here from Queens, New York, did, I believe, either the 64th game, you know, the top 64 games, or the top 32, and he did it more than one time. To, to get specific details, you can get those details. But it started with Brandon back in uh, either late 90s, early uh, 2000, and uh, we came to this um, Indian tournament called the Style Tournament. And uh, it's got to be 16, 17 years ago, whatever. And there were so many people there, so many people there. And Brandon, who was uh, going away to college, uh, had this tournament every year. And I, I did a couple of games for him. And he says, hey, John, I want you to take over this yearly tournament once a year. Uh, th th there were a couple other things I'll get to uh, where they had two or three because one was, one was at, let's say, Van Buren. The other one was up in Yonkers. So they had a couple of tournaments. But the style tournaments where I got involved with, and that just grew. It, it grew into SABL. It, 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 got, us, it got us into the, the flag football but um, and, and I did some softball for them. But basically speaking, Brandon Cruz was the person uh, who said, hey, John, I, I have this uh, league every, uh, this tournament every year. Would you like to do the assigning for it? So I said, sure. Long story short, that one tournament just branched out into several tournaments. We have Dynasty. We have uh, uh, Shibu, uh, Abraham. We have all these tournaments uh, every year that... Uh, growing and we're, we're using the referees and we're, we're, we're getting some jobs and everybody's working. And uh, I also do the other um, leagues too, the PSAL. I've done the Catholic schools, privates, publics, whatever, middle school games. And uh, the rest is history. There's so many things to talk about, but I will say this. Uh, I'm, I'm very grateful. Uh, I mean, I, I've re I also assigned the hotel uh, employees league. You never told me that. Uh, you're right. You're right. Um, not not that I'm starving for work, but no. But I, it's it's gone. That's the interesting story. They, the union didn't want to pay for the insurance and the gyms and the refs. So that's it's gone. Came down. So it was gone. But we mm -hmm. we had that. You know, just like you have the executive, uh, uh, the executive league, the lawyers league. There's so many. There's so much work out there. But, yeah, but as far as myself goes, I I, I keep basketball. It's, it's it's my favorite sport to do, followed by the South Asian Football League. We do, and I do some. Uh, one of the starting guys on the CYO here in Queens, so we're doing the flag football. That's that's tripling, by the way. There's probably going to be seventy teams. In Can there. you get me into the flag football? Thing? Yeah, that was going to be a discussion off the podcast. Oh, okay. That wasn't going to be like for everybody to hear, but of course. All right. Well, all right. That's what we're getting at. You know, brother Ray Ray. He's uh, Basically, the guy we do all the uh, football leagues uh, games for. So we'll talk about that too. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess what I definitely wanted to speak on was um, when it came to the other sports, how did you get involved with the flag football and the softball? So what I'm trying to say wow. is that so softball was the second sport for me. And I guess this is probably the best time to break that. Um, I kind of just, it, it fell in my lap because I did flag football and I did it because I used to play. And I used to play with my friend Fabio, who you know from the SAFL League. Right. And we were really good. Me and him, I, I, he'd throw me the ball, I'd catch it. You good. know, 100 times, 
100 times, I'd probably drop it six times. So 94 times, I would, I would catch the ball. I was yeah. very reliable. I'd score three touchdowns. I'd have two interceptions. But then we brought our show to a real league, and we would get our asses kicked every single week. So I started to be disenchanted about playing, and I just remember that one time, one of the refs was completely hungover, and the other ref was upset that he was hungover and getting the same money and that he was stuck there in the freezing rain for six games. But then I started to do the quick calculations of math in my head where I was like 40, 80, 120, 160, 200, 240. And this guy's upset. And this other guy's hungover and he's making 240. Right. Right? So I got into that. And then I'll just share you my, my softball story. So my mentor of the guy that um, was upset that he was there. He basically took me under his wing. His name is Lou Cecier. And what Lou did was he got me into flag football. And I guess it kind of took a life of its own because I didn't know it was going to be serious. It was just more like, I'm kind of doing it three games every Sunday and that's it. I didn't ref anything else. And it kind of took a life of its own because I started taking it serious. I started studying more. I started memorizing plays. And then I got to the point where I'm now doing the Super Bowl. And I think Lou was kind of surprised because I kind of took the opportunity and elevated for myself. So he was proud of me, and that's how he got me into softball. And I told him I'd never played softball in my life. I never played baseball ever in my life. And he said, well, you know about money, right? You want money or not? And I said, all right. So I take the class, and my very first game, I'll never forget this. It's at um, Glen Cove. And there's, it's a, it's a, it's a plate league. So I'm sorry, a mat league. When you have a mat, as soon as it goes up and it hits any portion of the mat, it's a strike. Right. Very first pitch, guy throws it up, hits the mat. I call the ball and they're like, oh my fucking God. What is it? Your first day blue? And in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, it's my first day, but in my, in my, referee face I'm like no it's not my first game they're like so why would you call that a ball I've been I've been doing this league for 20 years and you're gonna call that a ball I can't believe that so beads of sweat after that first half inning the second portion of that inning the bottom of the first first play of the game kid kid hits the ball goes all the way down the right field line and it drops and I call foul ball when it should have been fair because it didn't hit the line. So I was just, it, it, it was a very long night for me. And even the, the official that was helping me that night, he was probably a veteran at the time. He told me, maybe this is not for you. And, you know, I lost a lot of confidence. But as time went on, you know, after I did lacrosse and after I did basketball, my first experience with basketball was in adult league. So all of my experiences officiating for the first four years was refing adults. So by the time I got to CYO, BOCES, Catholics, Catholic League, I couldn't believe how easy it was in comparison to um, what it was like for adults. Right. So what gave you the courage to referee things that you weren't necessarily certified like softball or frisbee or flag football? How did you find the confidence? Do you think it's because... Of how difficult basketball is? I could give you a, a summation, because when you asked me the question before, this is, this is the uh, dateline of how I got involved with sports, especially football at a, at a young age. 
we started a four-team league in about 1970, uh, and uh, it was the YMCA in Long Island City. It was there for a long, long time. Is that where you're from originally, Long Island City? Yeah, well, a story of Long Island City, yeah. Uh, I guess it would be called Long Island City, uh, Crescent Street. But um, we had a league, and it was just four teams. No playoff game, just the championship game. And it grew into a big league. So that was in the early 70s. What happened was uh, you go to school, you don't play too much, you play a couple of years, and next thing you know, you know, it's graduation time. And uh, at the YMCA, they were running courses on how to be a ref, to ref. Really? Concrete, listen to this, concrete touch football, rough touch. So if you, you want to know what's going on back in 1970, it was a rough and tough league. Um, I ref these games with, with, with guys that uh, crazy. I mean, the, 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 the attitudes were crazy. It was fun. It was fun. I'm not saying it was a bunch of fights and all that, but yet there have been leagues and occasional flare-ups in, in a couple of the games that I've done, and I'm, I'm very lucky because I was always with that. But <clears throat> what, I, what, what I graduated into being is the YMCA had a touch football league on concrete, and I would work three nights a week, and I made ninety dollars a night. Wow! So, so I was pulling two seventy. Nineteen seventy—that's a lot of money. Right, and and it's just that's what it was. Then it went to Sundays. Then with that, and, and so okay, so that's what happened with, with flag football, and uh, I did it for the wife for years uh, over by. Um, so you Maurice did that, Avenue. You had that experience before you even touched. You ever thought about blowing a whistle for, for ba- basketball? Oh, yeah. I started with touch football. Oh, so me and you were the same. We started yeah. with flag football. Yeah. And then b- basketball. I was 40 years old when I did basketball. Mm. It, was a, it was a league. And uh, it was just an audition. But I will t- let me say something about uh, something that I'm very proud of. <clears throat> and I don't know if I told you this. This might be another thing. I ran. I was. Not, I didn't run. I was part of the committee for the largest PAL center. Largest PA out, outdoor basketball league, and uh, we had over five hundred kids, and uh, that's something to be very proud of. I, I really toot my horn on that because there were there were people playing from all different backgrounds, all different nationalities, everybody having a good time, and ninety five percent of the time everything went smooth. A couple of times you have a couple of idiots, or as, as you would call them, assholes, where it just that's going to happen, but. It was a it was a great league. We had kids coming. We had ages uh, six, five, and six, then eight and nine, then all the way up to teenagers, and um, that was a lot of fun. There was a lot of kids that played a lot of ball in that in those yards, and I was assigning the refs for that for them too. I used to have uh, a lot of the guys you know, Steve, uh, Stu Davis. Um, I'm trying to think if you know some of the other guys. Do you know Joe Carusimone? Mm-mm. Okay, he's more of a Catholic guy, that a Catholic ref. Uh, I'm not a Catholic ref. No, I know. <laughs> I gotcha. We're talking about the leagues, yeah. But anyway, um, I I actually started in flag football, uh, t- rough touch football. Then flag football came later on in life. But there was some rough games, and they don't play touch football on concrete anymore. Right. Well, I, I've seen concussions. Unfortunately, that's a, that's a different era. Yeah, that's, that's a different that's era. That's you know, it's just like back in the seventies with the hockey. When you put when you saw the NHL, boy, they really killed. You know what I mean? They really well, they didn't even wear uh, masks, right? Some of them, helmets and stuff. So yeah, 
But that's that's basically what I did. I did a lot of basketball. I continue to do basketball. I do the flag football. I do some. I have tackle opportunities. I've I've done um, semi-pro football games. Uh, sanitation guys playing the fire guys. It was a lot of fun. I did the white hat on a couple of those games. Very, very, very interesting. A lot of fun. With all your experience with officiating, what is your favorite sport to officiate? Still basketball? Yeah. Basketball is always the umbrella, right? You know what I mean? Because you're moving a little bit and you have to make quick decisions. And you, of course, you're confident in your call. Most it sharpens your mind like no other. Yeah. I think when it comes to flag football, it's it's kind of like... Waiting to happen. Incomplete. Right. Clock is still running. Right. <laughs> this is a vacation. <coughs> the basketball is like, boop. Right. Decisions Violation. Made. Going the other way. Right. Spot is right here. Right. So I like that aspect of continuously thinking in basketball. But it seems as though it's always the head of the snake. And you feel emboldened to be able to officiate other things because it can't be anywhere near as hard as the game of basketball. Would you it's agree? A, I would agree. And uh, at all levels, I have friends that uh, made it to the NBA. I have uh, friends that are in the uh, college ranks, divisions one, two, three, JUCOs, everything. And, and a lot of those guys, a few of those guys came through me at the PAL. I'm very proud of those guys. But um, it's just something how you can do it, man. You have the, the time. See, with refereeing, as you know, it has to be... You know, the whole thing about health, right? Family, or family, health, job, referee. Mm-hmm. And there, there are elements in that where you have to have the time, you have to put in the time, you have to go to camps, you have to get seen. I'm talking about going further than just doing a high school game. And that's the track that I'm on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you're going to do that. Right. And, and, and when you start at 40 years old, and now I know kids that are coming up 20 years old, mm-hmm. the opportunity is, 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 is good. Right. And you're in a good position, too, if you continue to be on your score. My problem, personally, is my 30 pounds of weight that I carry. Well, we could stop eating pizza before we uh, record a podcast. True, true. It was quick. It was quick. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and plus, I, I had my uh, opportunity. and uh, But I don't want to get into that part. I do want to get into the part of having a lot of good guys reffing with us in, the, in, in, in boards 41 and my board, which is board 119. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you that the board 119 puts out the most college officials. It's a great bunch of guys. It really is. And uh, I don't even know if I told you this. I'm probably going to pursue being a dual member. Good. You should. Mm-hmm. Because you want to know something? I would say 40% of the refs you know all come from that room. Oh, I know. I just think about the camaraderie that I have in SABL alone of that the 119 yeah. guys. Yeah, we got some good guys. No, I, I feel like those are my brothers, man, really, yeah. that I go to war with, including yourself. Yeah, no, we have a good time, too. It's, it's, it's good. Um, so with the signing, how did you, how did you become such a, a luminary with the signing? So it's, do, do you find a signing more fulfilling than, than refereeing? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> or is it more of a headache? I'll tell you, can I tell you something? I did a third grade girls CYO game. You don't keep score. It's a running clock. Are they pressing? No pressing. And was, was, the was, the jump ball, was the jump ball count more than the score? Could be. 
could be a very honest answer. And the thing is, they don't even keep score. But you know both teams are keeping score. It's mm-hmm. hilarious. But listen, everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to uh, be the person, be that guy. Um, but it, why I brought up the third grade CYO game is it's so adorable. When I say adorable, I'm not saying they're not trying to play at the top of the ability, but their eyes, when you look in these kids' eyes, it, it, it's, it's glaring. It's glaring like, I'm going to get the ball. i got to pass the ball. i got to dribble the ball. And just to watch that and, and, and see that is, is, to me, you know, it's just as good as a high school game. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. mean, you see the glaze in their eyes. And even running the PAL, I used to see these kids. And it was a good, it was a good thing for all these children to be actively playing basketball. So, I think it's very important to always be 100% in the game that you service, even though it's going to be a little different game. So obviously, you're right. That's, third grade CYO is different than, you know, like I, I did Mount St. Michael versus Stepanek. Yeah. Three-man game with my assigner in the front row. Smoke. It was right. nothing but Smokey and the Bandit. Right. And then I turn around and do SABL two days later. Right. But they're one and the same because it's all important to somebody. That's right. right? That's now, right. even though you officiate, you possibly officiate different, that doesn't mean you're not giving your 100%. Right. Right? Right. So back to your assigning. But, um, yeah. The assigning part is... First is it a pain all, in the ass? Uh, no, no. The the thing that gets me with, with assigning is I, I use the same group. I, I get a few new guys in, and uh, uh, what, what I do is I just ask people if they want to work and, and they're available, you, you, could, you could work for me. So you don't have a rhyme or reason of, like, who you're picking, or you know... The guys do, you, do you know the people that get along that were... Like in terms of partners, or do you do it more of like in terms of convenience of? For, I try to check with guys' schedule. I mean, uh, between the, the, so many games, there are so many games out there that a lot of these guys that I use or that I ref with during the year are not available, and they're already booked up with their high school games or their college games. Right, and to your point, I did say that this winter. I will be available to you, even though I'm going to be doing all of my school games. Yeah. I said to myself, I would always open up my availability for you, and I have. Thank you. And, I, and you got in the games, and you, you're doing fine. It's it, it's a, it's good. And uh, but to answer your question, uh, I, I I probably use about 15, 20 officials during the year. Then when I do the tournaments, I get a couple of new faces because. Uh, their schedule permits them to come in. Like I get a couple of D2 guys or D3 guys that come out and we have a good time and uh, we ref some of the tournaments that come along through the summer that we've been doing for a long time. So, yeah, assigning though, it's 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 like a job. It's like it's like a baby job to say, okay, Ralph, when can you work? Or I need you at a certain time. Or can you switch because this guy can't make it? Or instead of reaching out to somebody who is not usually helpful to me, not that I have anything against him, but mm-hmm. he's not available because I I get it. There's a lot of money out there, um, and there, and people get booked up. So I have a, a steady crew that, that, that I believe are doing a pretty good job, actually a good job. And if I hear things, I know for some of the tournaments, I know it's a little harder because... Uh, it's just like a ping pong game, or it's like stakes are high. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, P- pizza's on the line. Pizza's on the line. That's right. Whether or not you do a good job, right? So, yeah. If I had to ask you as an assigner, um, what are the best practices and probably the worst practices um, that you see in your eyes that might piss you off or 
Well, everybody makes mistakes. I've made a, a sign as mistakes. I, I've made, uh, uh, I had three refs of the game the other night. Okay, it that's happens. happened to me a couple of times this year. Yeah. But we, me, it was me, Khalid, and Dave. So right. I, I was, I was cool with the three Stooges alignment, and right. we just did a three-man game. Fuck it, right? And and what and what happens is some my thing with the text thing. That's why I always say, please confirm back. I mean, I still got guys going to to Bayside when they should be at RFK. And that happened to me. You know, it's it's that annoys me because if if I say. It's just bullshit, actually. Excuse the language, but it's just we just have to get the uh, the refs to the gyms on time, and things happen. You know, I know the, the weather a couple of times. You know, even a couple of times I had refs there, and the team was coming from Suffolk County. It was a forfeit. You know, you have all kinds of different things. But as an assignee, it's it's just like a little job trying to keep people working to support their families, to bring home uh, a couple of dollars for whatever, even if it's for a tank of gas. It's to try to keep people working. So as I'm talking on the podcast, if you're on board 119, give me a call. And it just doesn't have to be board 119. New York board, Queens, Manhattan. If you want to work for me, it's it's uh, we like to see new faces, new refs. Uh, it's open to anybody, so just come down and give me a call. But assigning is just like a little job. You got whatever it is, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 games you got to get rid of. And the only thing that I also want to stress is certain dates. Like I've talked to you about a date in August, a date in July. February 16th, August 10th, right? Those are the dates that you gave. Is it, is it the 16th or the 13th? It's the Saturday. February 16th for sure. Okay. So. And then no, I think August 10th. Right. Well, go ahead. So, you know, just things like that, something like that with the tournaments. I like to ask guys right up front because it's the summertime. You know, people go away. People have things to do or people just want to go to the beach or go to a barbecue in their backyard. They don't want to be referenced. So I try to lock in people early. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. The first day that I met you, I remember I was on the phone with you, and you were like, yeah, there's a tournament. I'm probably going to need you for maybe 8 to 12 games. I'm like, who is this guy? (laughs) And you're like, but there's going to be pizza. And all I can think about is, like, I could be at the beach that day. Right. And I'm going to give that up for a Saturday, but... You know what? I'm so happy that I did. I'm so happy that I did because I met you. I met so many guys that I, I consider my brothers, and I'm an only child, so right. good. I um like I don't think I've ever told you uh, how much SABL make uh, means to me. It right. means so much to me. I mean, we interviewed Cash, yeah, and and we got you. We got all the big fish in SABL. We're just reeling them in. Big fish. Yeah. No, it's it's I I, I tell um, Ahmad. Uh, Ahmad Sikh, who uh, we go back to the beginning, and uh, it's just funny because we'd say, "Okay, Ahmad, wow, man, I haven't talked to you in three or four months," and he said to me, "John, that's a good thing." <laughs> you know, in other words, you know, if it's not broke, don't right. if, don't fix it. You know, if everything's going smooth, I don't have to talk to Ahmad. I mean, Ahmad's a great guy. We talk with friends. Um, but what I'm saying is, uh, when it comes to the business part of it, we just want to keep the ship going straight ahead. Right. So one thing I did want to say is that I wanted to make sure that credit is going where credit is due. And one thing, one pleasure that I have is when I referee with John Papa. And it's normally, the, the only time that I really referee with him is when it's a high-stakes game. Last time I ref with him, it was a championship game, and it was a Tuesday, and it was a high-level game. Yeah. And there was um, certain calls. Um, so I guess what I wanted to say was 
Um, when it comes to John, I, I just wanted to say that I really appreciate you. And it's it's not always the, the pleasure of, of reffing with you, but I mean, you're, you're such a you're such a force on the game. So just just when you tell me and, and this is always like after a Sunday, maybe it's like a Tuesday and you tell me, you know, make sure that you don't really talk to the players. But then I see you talking to them yeah. and I see like I'm like to me, I consider out of anybody, maybe not so much the skill, the drive of like elevating when it comes to the people skills. You're the person you're the blueprint of what I want to be. 20 years down the line because the way you calm players down the way you kind of announce things like you got two fouls you should relax okay we're good two shots I mean that's something that I've 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 really watched and you know at some point I'm going to be an assigner and I'm already an assigner for certain leagues but um one day that's going to be my trajectory and I'm going to be the the head honcho I'm going to be the OG that people look to so how do you think you developed that style of, of just being able to be a people person and being able to relate to the players and them kind of calming them down and, and diffusing a bomb at that time? It becomes something to me that I've been doing since I've been refing. I think it's because I've been refing so long with adults and with children, but mostly adults. Um, you have to be, I said it before, you have to be respected and you have to give respect. And if you could just receive respect and give respect as an official in any sport, you're going to be pretty good. You're going to be pretty successful. you got to know when to talk to them. you got to know when to shut the hell up. Um, one of the gifts, and, and I, okay, I'll brag about it. One of the gifts that I feel that I have is don't be angry at, at a sport that at the end of the day, you're going to go home to your wife and kids, or the next day you got to get a meeting at 10.30 in the morning, or I really don't want to get hurt playing basketball. Um, that's, that's the thing that I try to put the bottom line as and make it, try to make them feel as comfortable as possible, because at the end of the day, if I blow a call or you blow a call, um, and, and please don't get me started about the Saints the other day, that... that 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 has been been the worst non-call. How many people text you? Because I, in, I know that every ref in the, in the history, land got texted. In, in the history of my life, have mm-hmm. seen a, such a bad call. But anyway, back. To, that's a very big deal. Um, but getting back to game management, mm-hmm. treating players with respect, mm-hmm. demanding to get respect, and why I brought this up again is because I've been refereeing with people so long. It's like a communication of what happens. And all the referees, in, in, in my opinion, have that in their, their, their persona in some way or another. Because if you notice, the college officials are always talking to the coaches mm-hmm. and the players, and everybody's communicating with everybody. But at certain times, the, you have to talk, and sometimes you've got to just be quiet, both as an official and, and as a player. Because you told me the other thing, you know, the guy misses six shots in a, in, in a row. Easy layups that even John Papa can make. And then the next thing you know, you call a foul and uh, all hell breaks loose. Right. Listen, you can't blame the player. Everybody's got to work together here. But you're asking me how, how I handle the situations. I think you got to be nice to people. Mm-hmm. I think you got to communicate to people. Mm-hmm. And you got to raise your hand when you fuck up. You got to say, yeah, hey, I missed that call. Now, I know that there's probably, if there's any D1 officials listening to me, 
you know, you or, or guys in the NBA that happen to listen to uh, referent, um, depending on what level you are. And I was pretty far. I was in, into uh, junior college, and I had my chance for the D three. But I've I've refed some good high school games. Anyway, you got to communicate with people. And when you're dealing with guys, you don't know what kind of days these players have mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, this this might be their stress relief. This Correct. might be their escape yeah. from whatever they're going through. Yeah, so I think if you just step back and let me tell you a quick story. Uh, it just happened uh, because I say I'm, I, I hopefully I'm going to write a book or a memoir one day about different things. I think we're going to do that, especially yeah. if it's referee-centric. It will definitely be on refereerant.com, and I'll, I'll yeah. help you through it, John. Thank you. So I was going to tell you the story that um, uh, I'm not going to name the person, but you know the guy from SABL. He's okay. uh, uh, very boisterous, mm-hmm. and, uh, and he plays a tough game, And he's, but he's a good guy. So mm-hmm. what happened was he got mad at my partner. It doesn't matter if he got mad at me, he got mad at my partner. I mean, he's got going on. Ah, he's going on. And, and I happened to know that he just had a baby girl mm-hmm. like two weeks ago. Before, okay. So when he was reffing, I went, "Yo, I didn't not gonna mention his name." I go, "Yo, yo, come here, come here." What, what, Papa? What? I go, "How's the baby?" <laughs> I heard you had a baby girl, and let me tell you something. You're talking about night and day. Mm-hmm. That was night and day. He just forgot. He, I bet you, if you asked him what he was arguing about after mentioning his newborn daughter, I don't think he would have remembered. Because all of a sudden, it was, it was that moment that it just dropped. So it was wonderful. I'm going to tell you one more drop story, because yeah. I have to tell you this, because you invited me onto your show. And this is going back to when I was telling you I was doing uh, the white hat for semi-pro games with mm-hmm. a couple of friends, uh, Joe Garcia, God bless you, here in Florida, and Ray Capuana, who's right here, Ed Capuana, uh, we, and Michael Tanzio. We, we all got um, the semi-pro games. And... The guy, the defensive lineman, is running towards me. Now, remember, I'm 5'8", 5'9", you know, 200 pounds, whatever, okay? He's coming at me at 6'7", 6'8", 340, you know, and he's running towards me, mm-hmm. the defensive lineman. And he's yelling, ref, ref, he's holding me, man. He's fucking holding me. Why don't you let me go? Blah, 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 blah. But the problem with this official, with this player is as he's running to me, he takes his helmet off. Oh, my God. Okay, and he's running to me. So as soon as he runs up to my face to tell me about his holding, mm-hmm. I, this is where you go from black to white, night to day, light to day, whatever. He comes up to me, runs up to me, holding. I says, could you do me a favor, young man? Remember, this guy's 6'8", 300. Mm-hmm. I said, could you put your helmet on if it's 15 yards? And he ran away like a mouse that you would see go across the carpet. You understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying? In other words... These are the things, like, t- t- to referees, I think that, that that's a great story where you could... We're humans. We're playing. We're refing. We're playing. At the end of the day, if, a, if it's a fireman, he's going to be on a ladder 73. Or if he's a sanitation, he's going to be in Queens 1. You know, so the whole thing about refereeing and, and, and about is communication, getting back to the question you asked me. You have to communicate and be nice. Sometimes it doesn't work. But if you have the management skills and you have... The ability to sneak out of it, mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta do your best. Well, every time I've seen you uh, do your thing, I've never seen you make a mistake when it comes to the rapport that you have with players. So, thank you. Um, what do you think it took to get to where you got 
in this whole refereeing game? What do you think it took? Honestly, mm-hmm. and it's I'm not going to lie to you, but um, it was a way for me to make extra money. I'm not talking about now. Yes, it is now too. But back then, you know, I have three girls. I, 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 I'm, I'm blessed with three girls. I, I got my youngest who's going to graduate to be a nurse in May at the University of Central Florida Nursing Program. UCF. UCF. Big refereeing program. NBA wheelhouse. Okay. And then I got my, my middle daughter, my doctor, emergency room doctor, daughter, Kimberly Rose Papa, 28 years old. She's going to be uh, out of residency by the middle of next year. And that's a rock and roll kid. Bill Gates scholarship. I mean, I'm blessed. And my oldest, Jillian, she's uh, a research person of a, I don't know the exact title, but she's a VIP in a nonprofit um, organization called um, uh, uh, the Kids. What's the name of it? I can't think of it. Healthy Kids. It's called Healthy Kids. And you could uh, look up and see the kind of work that Healthy Kids does. But I have, I'm blessed with three beautiful daughters. When they were young, growing up, we had to make some extra money. I had to make some extra cash. So I refereed the flag football. Uh, I used to deliver pizza. I used to work in the deli. I did everything. So basically, you kind of do it for the money. Mm-hmm. But for the last 15, 20 years, it's more for the enjoyment, for the exercise. You know, because sometimes when you do these high school games, you're running your ass off. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And you got to do the mechanics and everything like that. And the football, you got to come and uh, jog down the field and, and, and check it out. So... I, I basically did it to make extra money. Mm-hmm. And to all you referees out there, whatever sport it is, there's a lot of work out there. A lot of work in all sports. If you could put up with parents and coaches and uh, whoever else, that's fine. Some people just can't or they can't deal with it. But it's just like another job. But if you enjoy it, you could do really well in this uh, referee business. The final question that I wanted to ask you for the night is, what is it going to take to get to where you want to go. Where do you want to go? Well, me personally, I'm, I'm probably, I'm going to be 60. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, sky's the limit and all that stuff. <laughs> I don't know uh, if I have anything that I really want to do except maybe write, write a book, like I said, if I have some extra time, or memoirs or something of, of a lot of the experience that I had as an official, as a person, as a man, all different kind of categories, and we'll talk about it. And... Uh, you know, I continue to work at my job and uh, visit my kids and uh, my family. You know, I have uh, uncle in Brooklyn and cousins on the island, so I keep myself busy. You know, I, I play in a band, Papa Jack. You know, we we have a good time. You know, classic rock, play some pop music. So I keep myself busy. So between the refereeing, the camaraderie, you know, the friendships, the money. You know, you just continue to, to, to be the person that you're going to be, whatever it is. And to you young officials and young people out there, if you want to do any type of officiating, there's money that could be made. I mean, a place like New York, you get paid a lot more, but you still, if you're in whatever, Delaware, Florida, Michigan, there's a lot of work for the officials, and you can make some money. And you could be a D1 official. You can you have any other final thoughts that you want to say before? Well, I want to thank you for allowing me to, to do this. Um, I wish you would edit it, though. No, never. No, no, you got to edit this. There's something here. You got. There's a little part there where I was like, oh. John Papa Raw and Uncut is A-OK okay. for the pod. So I basically um, just want to thank you, and I appreciate what you're doing. I wish you all the luck. 
if you need me for anything, you let me know. I'm here. Yeah. Thank and you. Just just to let everybody know that this this is not going to be the end all be all podcast with John Pop. We will definitely be doing a part two, part three, and I think we got something special in the works. So uh, stay tuned on that. Uh, this is Ralph the Ref, and for John Papa, signing out. We out.